0: Talk about your psalms, talk about John 316, Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. You can call this the new world order of wrestling brother. China, Ravish and Rick. We are the generation that he. You make your rules and we will break down. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, woo! And there is no one that does it better than the Macho Man Randy Savage. The Rock is gonna take his big right hand. He's going to raise the people's eyebrow, he's going to lay the smack down on your candy ass, if you smell what the Rock is cooking. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, DDT, my man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy, how about yourself? Doing good, man. Um, when I when I had the idea of starting a new podcast, when it's uh, wrestling related, and I wanted to talk about some throwback retro conversations about moments classic moments matches uh things that may not get talked about as much nowadays i know there are a plethora of um old school wrestling podcasts and they they talk about pay-per-views and 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 stuff like that but i want to find different things that uh to the wrestling fan that they haven't heard about um in, in, in quite some time. So you have been with me doing doing these wrestling shows for over five years now. Um, and I say, you know what? I got to get Graham on as much as possible. I sent you a list of topics to, to, to pick from. And the topic you picked was chronicling the NXT TakeOver 2015 match between Sasha Banks and Bailey for the NXT Women's Championship. And we're gonna talk about that, the uh, the lead up to that, the following of that, the four horsewomen, all that good stuff. So Graham, keep it real with me. When I when I when I asked you about this idea, your input, your feedback. What did you make of it? Did you feel it was a good idea? And did you feel like the time with you know everything going on now that a lot of current stuff is gonna be on hold? Did you feel like now is the proper time to bring this up?
1: It is. I mean, we're also approaching the five-year anniversary. It did happen on August twenty-second, two 2015. I remember it like it was yesterday because yeah. I was there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a great match to bring up. Sasha and Bayley seem to be headed towards another match on the main roster this time. So I think it's as important as ever now to discuss stuff like this. And also, too, like you said, with wrestling being in the state that it is, with not a lot of new content running between all the companies and not just WWE – that it's cool to uh, you know, honor the anniversary and you know, just bring up certain matches that we haven't either talked about in a long time right. or don't get enough credit. Like We can only talk about the Montreal Screwjob so many times or the anniversary of WrestleMania 17 and exactly. stuff like that. But when you bring up things that people don't really talk about as much as they should be, um, now is probably a good time to do that. Now is probably a good time to do that, and I'm a big anniversary person, a big – revisionist person or retrospective person I should say when it comes to uh, professional wrestling and I think this is a great first topic to tackle here
0: so for everybody before, before we, we move on you can find this podcast on SoundCloud iTunes Spotify The Wrestling Basement it, uh, it mimics the retro room that I do for Ball's Life the basketball stuff so mm-hmm. um, I would just say Grand, welcome man welcome to The Wrestling Basement we got Sasha Banks Bailey, NXT TakeOver 2015 Brooklyn I know you were there. I'm still jealous five years later. So you got to tell me, man, uh, before we go further, what was just the, the overall atmosphere like at the Barclays Center five years ago for NXT uh, NXT Brooklyn?
1: Unbelievable. And you got to remember, too, that this was the first takeover that they ran outside of Full Sail University. Mm-hmm. Um, NXT had been around for a while in its current um, state in, in its current incarnation, it had only been around since 2012. It arrived in the network in early 2014. Within a year and a half, they were already doing live shows on the road, which was really impressive. Coming off the success of uh, Takeover, Arrival, and or the first Takeover, the NXT Arrival, uh-huh. the first live wrestling broadcast on the network. Um, you know all the other Takeovers are Evolution and Revival, or not Revival, um, Rival and Unstoppable, and then finally right. Brooklyn in um, you know that this show from five years ago. It was a great atmosphere. I knew I was already going to SummerSlam. And then when they announced this show, I think there were actually plans. I had heard about it in early June of 2015. I was already planning on going to take over. Uh, or I'm sorry, not take over SummerSlam. And I had bought my tickets months earlier, like in March of 2015. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy the takeover tickets until like July, because they didn't announce it until like July. And there were rumors in early June of 2015 that they would be going to the Manhattan Center for a live takeover or some NXT shows over SummerSlam weekend. Obviously, I mean, because the idea was, okay, we can't fill a 10,000-person arena. Manhattan Center is only maybe a couple hundred, a thousand, whatever. So it would make more sense. But then they're like, oh, let's let's try it in the Barclays Center. We might be underestimating our audience here. And that's what they did, and they think they sold out. And it was a crazy atmosphere, NXT you know, it, no, I don't want to say it's not the same because it's always been hot. It's still hot now. I, I was at the takeover last year in Brooklyn mm-hmm. um, for for the New York show over Mania weekend, and it was the best show I've ever been to. Like, so it's not the San XD has cooled off by any means. Um, this show is just on another level, and it's still one of my favorite shows that I've been to. Five years later, it's it's one of those shows I feel like that if you live in New York, people feel like they should have been at like. I wasn't even a fan at the time, so I can't say I regret not being there. But like One Night Stand, 2005, from WWE, the ECW show, is one of those pay-per-views. It's like, damn, I wish I was there for that because it's such a crazy, awesome, unprecedented show. And that's exactly what TakeOver Brooklyn was, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Anytime, and I keep it real, anytime I have you on the show and we talk about NXT, and even when Mark was on, uh, years ago, I, I, I heavily relied on you guys to give me that information because I would watch sure. the main product Raw, SmackDown, the the, the pay per views, but I, I I would dive into NXT a little bit and then like it would get you know bigger and bigger I wasn't the big NXT fan. I like NXT now, um, here in 2020. So it's like 2015, I was still new to uh, these people. So. There was a there was a time I didn't know who Bailey was. I didn't know Sasha Banks. I didn't know Kevin Owens and Finn Balor. I, I did not know. Once I started watching, uh, the product I'm like, holy shit! Like, like this is this is different than what they show in Raw and SmackDown. And, and the question I have for you is: Can you describe what what NXT was like in 2015? What was the landscape? Obviously. A lot of those of those performers are now on the main roster and stuff like that have become you know world champions and, and all that good stuff. But describe the atmosphere of NXT and and that that roster they had back in 2015. Man, it was
1: unbelievable. I mean, the weekly show I think is better now than it was back then. People say, oh, 2015 was peak NXT. I mean, it was, but not every show is must see. Like they were still doing squash matches. Like it was it was a very fun show, but I think. It's one of those things where like, you don't know how much better it can be until it is that much better. And I think that's kind of what the case with NXT was back then. Like, We thought it was, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever. And then five years later, I'm like, man, this is nothing compared to what it is today. Like, The show now is way better than it was then. Mm-hmm. And there were rumors of NXT expanding to two hours even five years ago because of how successful it was on the network. And I'm glad they didn't go that route then. They didn't have the roster for it, but they do now. But um, yeah, NXT back then was great. Um, they had a lot of top tier talent. Like this was a show that didn't even have Hideo, Tommy, and Sami Zayn on it, who were also in NXT at that point, and they were both hurt. Um, they still had Neville had just gone up to the main roster. They had Kevin Owens who was wrapping up his run. Sasha Banks was wrapping up uh, was wrapping up his uh, run. I mean, I was wrapping up her run. Uh, Charlotte was wrapping up her run. Becky was wrapping up her run. Bailey was still there. Uh, they had Enzo and Cass, who were mega over. They weren't even on this show, but they were on the pre-show. Yeah. They had Finn Balor, who was the face of the company. Nakamura was about to come in a couple months later. Uh, Samoa Joe, had just showed up. Aaron Corbin was killing it. Um, just the real—I mean, they had Tyler Breeze, who was doing really, really mm-hmm. well. Jushin Thunder Liger was on this show, making his first wow. and only WWE in-ring appearance on like TV. So uh, yeah, no NXT was 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 lit as the kids would say back in 2015. <laughs> uh, very
0: fun now, but I have fond memories of the brand back at that point as well. And what was funny is that you know th- there was a time I- I'm not sure about now, but there was a time that people would say that the NXT takeover was better than SummerSlam or better than WrestleMania or no matter what happens the NXT TakeOver was going to be better than, than the main show the following night. Do you still feel that's the way or that's the case today or you feel like as some of the performers got called up to Raw, SmackDown, now it's kind of like even. where TakeOver's still good, but mm-hmm. just that vibe, like you just know is going to be better than the, the main card the following night, it's still, it, it's kind of like even now. Well, I will say... I will say that I don't think there's ever – there's
1: been very few cases where the main roster pay-per-views were better than the Takeovers. I don't think that's almost ever been the case. The only time where that may have been the case was I think I was also at uh, Takeover in Orlando over WrestleMania 33 weekend. Okay, I like that show. I mean they had Nakamura and Bobby Roode again. Um, That was the show where they had Drew show up in the audience, which was cool. They had the last NXT match of the revival, the last NXT match of uh, a few different people, Nakamura. And uh, it was a good show, but WrestleMania 33, I really enjoyed. That was when the Hardy Boys came back. I think that might have been the only time I would I would say, oh, my God, the main roster pay-per-view was better than the TakeOver. Every other time, it's either been even or TakeOver has blown the main roster out of the water. I mean, that was the case with this show. I enjoyed SummerSlam the next night, too. I was there for that. Mm-hmm. And that was actually my first ever main roster pay-per-view from WWE. Um, and I enjoyed it, but I thought TakeOver was just so much better. Um, but yeah, I, I still think that's the case today. I was at WrestleMania last year in the same building for for Takeover at the Barclays Center. Again, like I said earlier, the greatest NX the greatest wrestling show I think I've ever been to was Takeover New York um, a year ago this month. And Mania 35 was fun, but Takeover was just it was on another level. It was mm-hmm. the best Takeover they've ever done. So uh, yeah, I would still say that's the case today. In um, the last, I can't say. I mean, they haven't had a real Takeover in a while. I think the rumble one. They didn't even do one over rumble week, and I think the last one would have been Survivor Series. And yeah, I, I think that that was in eh, it was in Warrior. I forgot where it was. Maybe in Texas somewhere or something. But that was a good show. And Survivor Series was also really good. But yeah, for the most part, usually it's the takeovers that blow the main roster paper hes mm-hmm. out of the water.
0: Like I recall you telling me that you said I'm going to take over and SummerSlam. I said yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to SummerSlam. And then I'm like it was that same day and I'm back and forth. Should I go? Should I go? Should I pay this amount? Should I go? But I, I I dabble with NXT, but I really don't know who these people are, but I keep hearing a lot of things about them. Should I go And I said and then I said, no, I'm not going. Then I'm watching it on on the network and I'm like, shit, I should have went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, damn and I made it my, my point that and, the, and obviously, uh,
1: people were still sleeping at the next, that point too you gotta remember
0: yeah you know SummerSlam was the next day and I think I could be wrong I think that was man was, it was that the Brock Taker match the Brock Taker Could the following SummerSlam was the Brock Randy Orton right yeah that SummerSlam was worse I actually liked oh, yeah, SummerSlam yeah, yeah, 15 yeah. I thought it was a good show overall but TakeOver was just so much better so then I go to TakeOver 2 in Brooklyn Yep. I go to take over three in Brooklyn uh, prior to SummerSlam 2018. I went to take over before WrestleMania in New Orleans.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not sure. I don't recall me going to the one in Brooklyn, and I think um, 2019. They they moved it right to like um, Toronto or some shit like that. Um. Yeah. Over Summerslam weekend, yeah, but they
1: SummerSlam did one weekend. run, in, they did run one in Brooklyn over Mania weekend,
0: though. Yeah. Oh. So I, I went to three of those. I think you went to to more than those. But I think the point is the fact that you guys really told me like, yo, you 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 you, you got to watch this. And then when I did, I would get to it. So Sasha and Bailey had the match, and um, then you know many forget Kevin Owens and 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 Balor had a, had a, had a double ladder match too for the main event. Um. I don't recall offhand who fought prior to those two matches, but I think from an overall perspective that for the first time, you're taking NXT out of full sale and you go to Brooklyn of all places, I think that really helped the fan base. and really helped that, all right, now we can do this more often, not just before a SummerSlam, but now we can do this prior to WrestleMania as well.
1: No, definitely. I think it... Really, legitimized NXT in the way where it was like, okay, we've really arrived at this point. We can run big buildings with NXT or with the main roster over Mania weekend, and they don't really do that as much now. I mean, they were supposed to do one over Mania weekend this year, but like they're starting to do more takeovers independent of the main roster shows, right. which goes to show that it can stand on its own. And it took a few years for them to do that. They did it this year with the Portland show, which I think had a pretty good attendance, and it was a great show. They did it with another takeover I was at last year in in Bridgeport, of all places, in Connecticut, which was so random. Um, But I think it was because it was – I don't remember. I forgot what the original plan was, but they had to move it because they were in Saudi Arabia the next day or the next week. I don't know. But um, it ended up being a great show, and it had a really good turnout because NXT is its own brand in and of itself. And you can't do that. I don't think – making NXT live every week in a different building like the Barclays Center for the weekly shows is going to work because the weekly shows aren't nearly Mm -hmm. as good as the TakeOvers. The TakeOvers feel special because they're the only NXT shows for the most part that take place in those buildings and like the bigger buildings. But um, yeah, no, no, this really started that trend of like, oh, wow, we can start doing this over Mania weekend because before this one, they didn't do that. They didn't do it for WrestleMania 31 in Santa Clara, California. This was the Mm -hmm. first one, and then they did it over – not Rumble Weekend. They did another one over um, Mania Weekend. Mm. And that was in Dallas and that kicked off like them doing a takeover before every big four main roster pay per view.
0: So before we get into the actual match and the build up, I think um I'd be doing myself a disservice and not bring up first the whole four horsewomen uh faction between again Sasha, Bailey, Becky, and Charlotte. So again, you know, I don't know too much about this this faction. You know, back in the day, um, and then now you fast forward five years later, and the impact that they all had on, on on the company and and wrestling in general for the women, it just it just phenomenal. So all all become world champions and tag champions and rumble winners. Um, but when you fa- uh, rewind five years ago, and I'm pretty sure maybe the stable happened uh, before that, but. In, in in that time in that climate, you had um, some call ups. I think Charlotte got called up first, and then it was Becky. Then Sasha. Then Sasha eventually gets called up, and I think Bailey was the last one to, to get called up from NXT. But if if you had to describe to me what the Four Horsewoman uh, faction was like prior to this match, and how they impacted the the, the business back then and now how would you describe that
1: man it's it's just a totally different time because with women wrestling at that time it just wasn't what it is today mm-hmm. so i would still say like i'm not going to say oh you know back then women's wrestling sucks so that's why it stood out like it's still the greatest women's match in the company's history um but so much has changed though in terms of the landscape like with women's wrestling specifically this was right after they called up charlotte and you know Becky and Sasha as we were just talking about Mm. so this was Sasha's supposed to be your last match but because this match was so good they ended up doing a rematch at the next takeover in October and that was when they had the Iron Woman match the Iron Man match whatever but um yeah women's wrestling just they started that divas revolution like who cares the divas revolution like they tried and they called up the women and they were and they were ultimately successful But it wasn't because they called them divas. I would say it really started to move in the direction of, like, more women's matches and stuff when they had um, Charlotte win the women's title at WrestleMania the following year. Because for the rest of 2015, they were still doing the divas crap, and it just wasn't good. Yeah. But – Yeah, no, it's just a totally different landscape. This is back when they really didn't care about the women's division whatsoever. And they were starting the whole give Divas a Chance thing. And it got some momentum, but I would say this match really made people look at women's wrestling in a different light. And they were having great matches up to this point on different takeovers. You know, Charlotte and Bailey, Charlotte and Sasha, Becky and Sasha. They were all having great matches. Uh, But this one, I think, was the best of the bunch.
0: So – Again remind me so you mentioned Diva's Revolution. I know they introduced the women's title at WrestleMania the following year, but so when this whole NXT Sasha Bailey magic going on, is the Diva the Diva's Revolution started already or did it start after that? No, yeah, it started a month before this. So it was in the middle of July. I think
1: July 19th mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken that they did the whole Uh, Oh, here comes Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky from NXT to start the Divas Revolution. So they already started it, and it was at the next night at SummerSlam when they did, I think it was like Team Bella. It was like Nikki, Brie, and I don't remember. Alicia Fox, I think. I don't remember. Mm Versus Team PCB, if you remember that, Charlotte, Paige, oh, yeah. and Becky.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then the third
1: team was Team Bad, uh, Naomi, Sasha, and Tamina. Yeah. And Sasha got bummed. Like, Team Bad was bumped in like five minutes. It's like, what's even the point? Like, it yeah. was just trash. Like, the, the Divas revolution was really them just doing multi person tag team matches every week, and it, and it benefited absolutely nobody. It wasn't until they started focusing on individual characters that Charlotte became a star, that Sasha became a star, and that Becky. Became a star, so that the early days of the Divas Revolution, which were already
0: in full effect by this point, were doing nobody any good for the most part. So Sasha wins the belt in January of 2015. January, um, t- but around that time, February yeah. uh, at Takeover Rival, right? Yep. Uh, in a fatal four-way match, so she's the new champion, and then Bailey. We fast forward. Bailey defeats Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte at a uh, August 5th NXT. Show and then Becky the following week to earn a title shot. So now you have In Sasha and Billy, uh, for takeover. And In Sasha to me, Grant, I know we talk we we talk about Sasha all the time. I think her character in NXT compared to what it is now. I know she's younger uh, back then, but she was more arrogant. She was talking crazy. The swag was different. She 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 drove the 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 whip to to the arena to the to the aisle and had the, the escorts following her. It was just a different, a different uh, presentation for Sasha Banks, the boss, is what they would call it. So I think for me, when I first started seeing, I'm like, you know, I like her because I don't even have to see her wrestle in the ring. Just the overall uh, character of her and the boss compared to what it is now, it, 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 you know, it's a whole lot different, you know.
1: No, it definitely is. It's just a totally different character now. They were like, oh, it's the boss. It's the boss. And I think it had more definition now or then than it does now, but you know, she was killing it. Sasha was doing some of the greatest work of any woman in any company at that point as the NXT Women's Champion, and she didn't have many title defenses. She had one on NXT TV against Charlotte, which I think they mean. They were like the first women of main event NXT TV, I believe, uh, which was cool. They had that great match. Her and Becky at Unstoppable. You know, she was a great heel. I think most people kind of figured she was losing because she was already in the main roster by this point, but that didn't take away from the magic of this match whatsoever.
0: So, as far as you know, men or women, characters, heel characters, in NXT, where do, where do you rank Sasha Banks as uh, the boss heel character in NXT? Where do you rank it? Mm. For men or women? I'd have to really think about
1: it because NXT's had a lot of great heels. I think Kevin Owens' run was better. Mm -hmm. um i will say though sasha to her credit she is she's got to be up there on the list just because kevin owens was already great he came in with a lot of momentum sasha did not she came in as a local like loser like she lost a lot of matches she had been around since 2013 was i believe when she was signed or 2012 2012 or one of the two she had been around for a while period Mm And she was, you know, that happy-go-lucky baby face. I you couldn't tell her from a freaking hole in the wall. Like there was nothing special about her at all. She was a good wrestler, but that was about it. It wasn't until she went heel later on in 2013, um, at the, you know, at the behest of uh, Summer Rae, actually in storyline, she was the one that inspired her to go heel and embrace her you know inner villain whatever right her boss side and that was when became, she became that was when she became the boss so mm-hmm. she was a person that really benefited from a heel turn i think no one benefited more from going heel than sasha and another person who would be up on that list despite not having much success in NXT is alexa bliss she mm-hmm. was another woman that was like oh happy go lucky like oh i have a tutu on like i'm a fairy i she was supposed to be like a, a a fairy or something yeah and then it wasn't until she went heel with blake and murphy and she helped them, you know, retain the NX detecting titles one day in 2015. That she also became a star in and of herself as well. And she's far more successful than either of those guys at this point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, she's another person that really benefited. But Sasha's got to be up there in the list just because if it's not for that heel turn, she probably would have been released long ago.
0: Um, so when you were watching her th- at home, did you feel like, man, I, I-, I can't stand... Sasha Banks or sometimes you watch a heel and be like you know what I like that guy I like that girl so were you a fan of Sasha the heel character or were you more like me I can't stand Sasha Banks no big fan
1: no no I'm a big (laughs) fan she wasn't one of those people it's like oh man I can't stand her like oh she's awful like everyone knew she was great um she played the role very well she would do things to make people hate her like you know uh, taking that girl Izzy's glasses and whatever, making her cry, and what she would when she was like seven or eight years old. Like, that was, she had a great, she did awesome things to make you hate her. And the only reason she got booed that night being in the building, the only thing people booed throughout this entire match was the announcement that she was from Boston. That's it. When she came out in the Mercedes car or whatever it was, yeah. uh, the truck the SUV she got a major reaction she looked like a complete superstar so um yeah no I I love Sasha Banks I know I or you know she was I was a big fan of her work at that time I know I'm not the only one to have felt that way and I didn't really become a fan of hers until like late 2014 it wasn't until that first match that she had with Charlotte at a takeover that I really started to become a fan mm-hmm. but uh yeah after she started to find her footing and she really found her Found herself as a character. I became a big, big fan and saw like dollar signs from a mile away because you can make
0: a lot of money, uh, you know, merchandise money off of Sasha Banks, which they have already. Right. And then on the flip side, you get Bailey, who is, you know, the good guy here and she's the the huggable, lovable champion. uh, Not champion, but uh, huggable, lovable person and, uh, you know, at this time is like, for me, I, I think she was good in the ring. I just felt like she 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 just mimic a lot of John Cena. Like she was a good guy, the goody two shoe, slapping hands with the crowd and hugging, and it's like, all right, this this reminds me of John Cena in, in, in the mid to late 2000s. So she was the she was I, I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one who said it, but she's she was a female John Cena. And for me, I was always um Accustomed to liking the heel, so and in this particular match, I was more uh, towards Sasha with the swag, and the way she spoke and how she carried herself. But then, like at home, when you watch it, you mother, like, you know, what? I think, I think, I think it's gonna be Bailey's time because what I'm, what I'm seeing and reading is that she was trying to get the belt, and you know, Sasha's the new champion, and they keep, you know, playing her, or whatever. So, and then, you know, in real life, they're best friends. So I'm like, at some point, yeah, at this point, and if you're in Brooklyn. And you got that hostile crowd, and it is NXT. And I think no matter what they do, Grant, you've seen it live. No matter what NXT does in Brooklyn, everybody's cheering the shit out of it. So (laughs) I like the fact that you had this kind of heel, this kind of baby face going at it. And now we get to the match where, you know. and I just saw it early today, a good 20 minutes back and forth. The crowd's into it. And when it's over... You 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 start to feel like all right. This is not only a good match, but it could be highly considered to be match of the year, and then exactly as, as a decade finish. Now you talk about match of the decade or top three match of the decade. Now we and you really reel everything in. There is that conversation that that exists today that this could be the greatest women's match, not only in NXT but of all time. So real quick, what'd you make of the actual match? Uh, Billy now becomes the new champion. I think Sasha gets to call up to the main roster, if I'm not mistaken. And what do you make of these arguments or these debates that it was the match of the year, the match of the decade and arguably the greatest women's match of all time.
1: The only thing I remember that discussion very clearly back in 2015 about whether it was the match of the year or whatever, at that point, I still say it is the only match. I, I thought it was the match of the year. The only other argument against it not being the match of the year, and it was tough too. Twenty fifteen had a lot of great wrestling.
0: Can had I guess? Can I guess? Wrestling. Can I guess? Can I guess real quick? Yes, you can take a guess. Okay, I got one guess. I mean, you you know what it is, but go ahead. Because uh, twenty fifteen, my only guess would be the triple threat match Royal Rumble.
1: Yes, exactly. That was the only thing that, that you, you got it exactly right. Yeah. That was the only other match that people were like, "Oh, that was the match of the year." And mm. Um, I think WWE.com put that as number one because God forbid they put an NXT match at number one. I think they wouldn't do that. Like, like you know, a year or two later, or a Brock match but, being
0: number two, right? He he might get upset. What'd you say? <laughs> or the fact that they put a Brock Lesnar match number two and then not number one. He he might get upset. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he reads <laughs> WWE.com in his
1: free time. But uh, yeah, now that that was an amazing match. I still say this is number one because of the build, because of the impact it's had, the legacy, and being one of, if not the I, I can't speak for greatest women's match ever, like anywhere, just because I don't watch women's wrestling in Japan. I'm sure they've had a lot of kick-ass matches over there, mm-hmm. and WWE easily. Like I would like anyone to point me to one match that was better than this, and there's a lot of good ones. Don't get me wrong, like Sasha and Becky, great Hell in the Cell match last year. Becky and Charlotte in the last woman standing match at Evolution, fantastic match, probably the best main roster match main roster women's match I've ever seen I still don't think that's better than this um, because of what it did for Bailey. who it legitimized Bailey and people were super behind her and she had a great run as champion which I don't think it gets enough credit before they butchered her on the main roster um, it was a great what was supposed to be a farewell for Sasha and then they brought her back you know for the rematch right um, but, the, you know, we had that closing, you know, that curtain call, farewell from the four horsewomen, which was amazing. That was really when people started to recognize them as the four horsewomen. I think they started calling them that right before this, but, like, they, they acknowledged it on TV for the first time at this point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, yeah, I still think, I mean, anyone who says, oh, Trish and Lita, come on, dude. They had a great feud, but name me one match that was, like, a great match they ever had.
0: The one, the one from characters. Raw. I mean, like, what'd you say? The one from Raw where they, they may have been vintage Raw um, that night.
1: Yeah, it was a good match, but it wasn't it wasn't amazing, I don't think. My opinion. <laughs> my opinion. Yeah, it was great at the time, but when you compare it to this, it just doesn't um, even hold a candle. Um again, my opinion. People might get mad at that. Uh-huh. I think I think this is the best
0: women's match they've ever done, hands down. Um, you mentioned four horse women, and then the match is over. Charlotte comes out, Becky comes out, Bailey's crying, Sasha's crying, They start hugging each other, and they embraced all four of them together. Um, Like, to play advocate, I get it. But did you feel like because of the character Sasha was portraying, did you feel like, I'm cool with that? Or do you feel like, man, like, Billy won, and that's it. Like, get Sasha out and just keep that heel character going. Or were you a fan of the, the embracement at the end of the match?
1: I loved it. And I really, I mean, KFAB is dead. Like, it doesn't even matter True. at this point. And again, True. the whole idea is that Sasha was supposed to be moving up. And yeah, yeah I mean, Sasha and, and Charlotte and Becky had a match against each other the next night at SummerSlam. But who cares? Like, it's not like, oh, this is so fake. It's not like they were out there, you know, praising each other. It was just a simple hug, and it was like the four horsewomen. Mm. And she even acknowledged that, uh, you know, a, a couple weeks later when they announced the rematch, she was like, listen, my judgment got the better of me. It was something in the moment that I did. Don't get it twisted. I still hate you, Bailey. And they built to the rematch. So, yeah. no, I love that. I thought I made it for an amazing moment. And, um, you know, again, kayfabe's dead, so who really cares at this point?
0: <laughs> um, last one, I think. Uh, you know, you mentioned this. We are close embarking on the five-year anniversary for this match and for this whole uh, show. So when you look back, Sasha Bailey, even fans who have never seen it, um, what's the what's the overall impact this match has?
1: The best women's match they've ever done. Uh, that's the impact first and foremost. Second of all, it really showcased how good both women are, how great women's wrestling can be. Because this was really the turning point. They had great women's matches before this. Again, I mean, I think the Charlotte Natalia match also was a big, like, oh, man, we're really sleeping on women's wrestling here compared to NXT. The main roster, I'm sure, was thinking that at that point. But this really, I mean, once they called up Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte, the women's division was infinitely better. They made a big, big, big difference. On the main roster and they, you know, NXT's women's division has been very good over the last number of years. It's great now. They've, it took a while for them to rebound, mm. but they created stars in Sasha, Charlotte and Becky and to an extent Bailey. But they kind of butchered her main roster run and I hate her heel work now. It's just not good um, for the most part. But, you know, I think this match as a match, it's like, man, that's. One of the best matches they've ever done, not even women's matches, matches period, dude. I think it's one of the best matches of the decade. Mm -hmm. Um, It just that crowd was amazing. The build was great. The aftermath, great. They made a star out of Sasha and just it was it was wrestling at its finest. I'll say that much so it had a big impact on both of their careers on NXT on women's wrestling. It meant a lot in more ways than just one.
0: So you was you would say today that it is the greatest NXT match of all time, right? Or no? No, I would. Oh, not.
1: then um, what is it? Then what is it? I would say the greatest NXT match of all time. Oh, oh, oh! Is Johnny Gargano Adam Cole from Takeover New York last year? I think. Okay. I think the only other match that would come close is Gargano and Andrade. Um, mm. from the Philly show, which a lot of people love too. That match was also amazing. Wow, okay. I, I mean, I, I think those might be the top three. I'd really have to go back. Zane and Nakamura is also up there. They had a great match to take over Dallas. The True. only reason I would put that at like four or five is because there was no build. Like, there was no reason for that match aside from Nakamura debuting and Zayn leaving. That was it. Yeah. So, um, I would, I would put Gargano Cole at number one. Another match I was also there for, so again, I'm biased. Mm. But I, I love that match. That match was just the match, the way it was executed. It was, it was amazing. So that's that's my number one.
0: So I would say to play it safe, you have Sasha Bailey in the top five. I would put it at number three. So what I would say
1: is I would put Gargano and Cole from Tico from New York at one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: i put Gargano and Andrade from Takeover affiliate two,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I probably put this at three. Okay, I might put Gargano and Champa from Takeover New Orleans at number four. A
0: lot of Gargano matches, Graham. Jesus. I mean, the
1: guy's—he's the greatest performer they've ever produced. I mean, it's just it's, Gargano is amazing, and all those mm-hmm. matches were amazing. I put that at four, and then at five. Mm, it's a tie either between DIY another Gargano match. Oh my right, God. Versus, <laughs> re, versus revival from Takeover Toronto. It was a two out of three falls match. Amazing match. It's either a tie between that and or either Nakamura and Zayn. Actually, a three way three way tie between those two matches, as well as. Um, uh, Sammy Zayn versus Neville from Takeover Evolution, our wow. Evolution for the NXT Championship in December 2014. That's when Zayn won and then Kevin Owens debuted and won the championship. Uh, some really amazing matches right there. I would put all those in the top five to seven matches right there.
0: Wow, I forgot about Neville. I know, I know. I, you shit, you threw it way back <laughs> to the early days. Oh yeah, my God, yeah. Neville. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know my five. Right now, I, I think I, I would mm. tell you at a later date, but I think Sasha Bailey is going to be in the top three. Uh, I don't even know who I would put outside from that, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Uh, but I love having you on, man. I know we, um, we're we going to do more of these, go down memory lane and bring up some, some throwback retro kind of topics uh, as it pertains to wrestling. So mm-hmm. this was definitely one of the topics I wanted to bring up, Sasha and Bailey, because like I said, many... Uh, put it in high regards as a, a great all-time match uh men or woman main main roster NXt match of, match of the decade match of the year I think they did, they really did their thing that night and that match really made me want to watch more NXT so um, I thank them I thank you and Mark for for pushing me to watch more NXt and um, I look forward to, to, to doing many shows uh, shows with you my man.
1: Yeah, of course, Randy. This was a great topic. Uh, very,
0: very strong subject to start off with, but I'm looking forward to recording more of these in the future. You can find Graham Matthews on Twitter at WrestleRant. Great work for both Bleacher Report and Fan Cited Daily DDT. You can find me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y. The letter J C R U Z. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. Uh thank you for joining the wrestling basement. Grandma Man, always appreciate it. Of course, Randy. Sounds good. I'll talk to you next time. All right, man. Take it easy. All
1: right. Adios. All right.